Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Podcast, equipping people to live successful Christian lives. Well, good morning. Good morning. Good to see all you all, see all you, see all of you here. Want to give a quick shout out to our Clearbrook family. Yeah. Online family. Woo! It's good for you to see us today. <laughs> Thanks for the courtesy yep. laugh, babe. That was good. Good job. Uh, my name's Ryan. It's my wife, Sarah. The worship pastor's here at Abundant Life. We've been here 11 years. Yeah. Next month. Yeah. And that's... Yeah. Woo! That's Thank good. you. Hallelujah. We've been married 16 years uh, as of this last December. Yeah. Yes. We have two beautiful girls. We love them a lot. We do. And... Um, before we get into things here, because we are, we, we get the privilege of doing part two today of this vow series, but just want to real quick honor our lead pastors. I'm so thankful, not just as a staff member here, but as a believer, that I attend a church where the pastors honor marriage, and they prioritize marriage, and they want to make sure that we are investing in marriage. So can we just give our appreciation to pastors John and Kristen? Thank you so much, you guys. They are great examples. I've known them quite a long time now, and what you see is what you get. They model health and what it looks like to be a loving husband and wife and to model a healthy family. So thank you guys. So yes. Uh, we have a video of our wedding that we want to show. We'll get to a little clip. Listen carefully because the song is a Ryan Gordon original. Go ahead. I was excited about marrying you. Look how young we were. That is a Ryan Gordon original. Yeah, you proposed with that song. I did propose with that song. Yeah. We weren't even dating at the time. That's a, it's a real interesting story. Um, that's true. Another time. For another time. Yeah, and it's a long story. I know my hair doesn't look natural there. Also, a story for another time. Just real quick, life pro tip, don't dye your hair five times in three days. Um, right before your wedding? Right before your wedding. We'll just save that for another time. <laughs> but looking at that video, I think we had no idea what we were getting into. We were so dumb. We were, we were clueless, we were for clueless. sure. But I will say, I feel like after being married for 16 years now, some of you are married a lot longer, so please don't get mad at me for saying this. But I feel like we finally have come to a place. We've been through some stuff. Yeah, we really we have. We finally have something to give back or, you know, something valuable to say for so long in the beginning, it's just like, help us. You know, you read every book and you go to every conference and you listen to every couple that you can talk about how to have a healthy marriage. And I feel like we finally are getting to a place. So, okay, we have some things we can share that might be helpful to other people. So I hope you get something out of that. Yeah. And I feel like for us, something that we come back to constantly, and you're going to hear it over and over again today. Um, we always come down to this word expectations because in any relationship, every issue that you come uh, that comes down to either a fight, an argument, a disagreement, every frustration, disappointment. It all comes down to the single word, and that's expectations. Either the expectations weren't met or they weren't communicated or clarified in the first place. Yep. 
Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, so we're going to give you a lot of examples for what we do as a family, a lot of practical um, application type things, but you guys need to decide what works best for you in your relationships and for your family. So, Yeah, so what we're going to talk about today is what it looks like to partner and protect uh, your marriage and your family. And the first thing we want to dive in today is what it looks like to partner and protect your family and your marriage spiritually. You know, Genesis 2 says that a man shall leave his father and his mother, be joined to his wife, that shall become one flesh, um, because you and your wife need to be unified, and, um, and you need to be one. I think Pastor Ben and Claire are going to be speaking about that in a couple of weeks. Um, but there's a verse that we come back to every single time we do premarital counseling with a couple that's getting married. I read it at every wedding, and we've come back to ourselves on occasion and from Ephesians 5. And uh, this is out of the message, and in verse 22 it says, Wives, understand and support your husbands in ways that show your support for Christ. The husband provides leadership to his wife the way Christ does to his church, not by domineering, but by cherishing. So just as the church submits to Christ as he exercises such leadership, wives should likewise submit to their husbands. Husbands, go all out in your love for your wives, exactly as Christ did for the church. A love marked by giving, not getting. Christ's love makes the church whole. His words evoke her beauty. Everything he does and says is designed to bring the best out of her, dressing her in dazzling white silk, radiant with holiness. And that is how husbands ought to love their wives. They're really doing themselves a favor since they're already one in marriage. No one abuses his own body, does he? No, he feeds and pampers it. And that's how Christ treats us, the church, since we are a part of his body. And this is why a man leaves his father and mother and cherishes his wife. No longer two, they become one flesh. This is a huge mystery, and I don't pretend to understand it all, but what is clearest to me is the way Christ treats the church, and this provides a good picture of how each husband is to treat his wife, loving himself and loving her, and how each wife is to honor her husband. Man, that's a, that, amen. How many of you have all read that, and you're like, I don't do any of that. <laughs> I'm really bad it's challenging. at challenging. It is challenging. You know, Pastor John and, and Kristen, they talked about this last week where husbands are to lead and to love, wives are to submit and respect. And if you missed that message, I highly encourage you to go watch it or listen um, because it was a fantastic message. But this rings true even in our own marriage. And these are things that we didn't put into practice for many years. Our marriage, we struggled. We almost didn't make it um, because we weren't doing marriage in a way that was designed by God. We were doing marriage our way. But I love how Pastor Jimmy Evans says, uh, every marriage has a 100% chance of success if you do it God's way. And we believe that here at Abundant Life Church. And so if you're not feeling very hopeful today about your marriage, know that there is hope. Because if you do it God's way, you can be successful and have a healthy marriage. Absolutely. Um, I think that's because love is a choice. Love is a commitment. It's not a feeling. And so you can't just go based off your feelings. You have to love even when you don't feel like it. Right. Um, 1 Corinthians 13 is commonly called the love chapter. And in the message version, it says, Love never gives up. Love cares more for others than for self. It doesn't want what it doesn't have. Love doesn't strut, doesn't have a swelled head, doesn't force itself on others, isn't always me first, doesn't fly off the handle, doesn't keep score of the sins of others, doesn't revel when others grovel, takes pleasure in the flowering of truth, puts up with anything, trusts God always, always looks for the best, never looks back, but keeps going to the end. Mm. That's really good. It's so good. And again, this is, you know, 
God's standard of love, this is how God designed love to be, but we're really bad at this oftentimes, and that's why marriage sometimes is so challenging. You know, alongside that, one of the things that that really we came into marriage with as an expectation is that marriage was 50-50, and we treated our our marriage like it's supposed to be 50-50, but that's not how God designed marriage at all. Marriage is supposed to be 100-100, Marriage is designed to where you give all of yourself, entirely yourself, to love and to serve your spouse. Marriage doesn't exist so you can get something. It exists so you can give something. And if you're looking at your marriage thinking, I'm not really getting anything from my spouse or I'm not getting anything out of this marriage, you're looking at marriage wrongly because that's not how God designed it. Yeah. And there are seasons where it's 80-20 or 100-0 if someone's really down and out and you got to sure. be the strong one. But the goal is to get to the point where it's 100-100 right. and you're, all, you're both giving your all. Because love is not always romantic or pretty or neat. If you think you're going to get married and live in a Hallmark movie, you're wrong. <laughs> Sometimes it's really messy. It really you gotta is. you got to stick it out. Yes. And so one thing you guys can do if you're not already doing to protect your marriage in partnership um, spiritually is to pray together. Pray together. And that's something that Sarah and I haven't been the best at. I know that we're pastors. Maybe like, (gasps) (laughs) gasp. Um, But it's something that we haven't prioritized in many years in our marriage. We were, you know, just, we prayed on our own. We didn't pray together, but you need to partner together in prayer. That's how God designed it. One of the things we did recently um, that we've never done before, Pastor Jimmy Evans at XO has uh, talked about a vision retreat very often. And what that looks like is you take a few days and you go away with your spouse. You don't take the kids and you, you know, spend some time praying and you, you ask God to give you vision and clarity for how to lead your family, how to lead your marriage, you know, how to parent your kids and, you know, how to go into this new year. And we had never done that before. And just this last month, we did that for the first time. Um, you know, I know it's hard when your kids are young. You might think, how are we going to go away for a few days or how are we going to afford that or who's going to watch the kids and, you know, whatever else. There's always going to be a reason not to pray with your spouse, just like there's always a reason not to do anything, like go to church or whatever. Um, but we decided we really wanted to do this going into 2021, especially coming out of 2020. You know, anybody else feel like, I don't know how to raise a family right now. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, yeah, thank you for that hand. Um, me too. But... We really wanted to seek God. And so in this time of prayer and fasting, we went away and we spent several hours just talking, okay, what do we see God doing in the lives of our kids? What have they asked us about God? What do we see God doing in our own lives? What do we see God doing in our marriage? Where are some gaps we feel like need to be filled? And we could say, okay, what do we think is going to fix this? Let's just fix this. But the reality is God's ways are higher than our ways. God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And we didn't want to just do what we thought was best. We wanted God's best. Because God wants you to be the best version of yourself. And he wants your marriage to be the best version of itself. And the best way you can do that is to pray and seek God together and say, okay, God, we are leading our family, but you're leading us. So lead us and we'll follow. And that was a really cool experience. And it was honestly probably one of the most transformative experiences we've ever had together. Yeah, it was really cool. I really enjoyed it. Um, And I think with prayer, sometimes it can feel awkward, especially if you're not used to it. Push through that. And, and do it anyway, and it will become more natural. Yeah, and it will really definitely. be a lifeline for you. Um, another way that you can partner and protect your marriage spiritually is to serve together. We have couples in this church who teach together in kids' ministry. And that makes me so happy because there are kids back there who don't know what a healthy marriage looks like. 
They don't have any examples in their life. That's true. You can be that for them. I love that. It is so cool. Um, we have couples on our worship team. One of them is musically gifted, but maybe the other one isn't, and they will serve on our tech team. So we schedule them together, and they come to rehearsal together, and they serve together, and it's really cool. Um, you could be greeters together. You could stand at the doors and hold hands and just hug people. It would be a great job to do as a couple. You could make coffee together. Um, if you can serve together, it's, it's a really cool way to Absolutely. be together spiritually. Um, being spiritually rooted as a person in your marriage, in your family, is so important. Psalm 1, 1 through 3 says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He should be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. It's such a cool word picture of a tree planted and taking root. Rooted uh, being rooted in the word, being rooted in a church, being rooted in your community is really important. And when you put down roots, you will bear fruit. Yeah. It will happen. So it takes time and it takes commitment to become rooted spiritually, but it's worth it. Yeah. And if you think about the, the contrast of that, if you're not spiritually rooted, you're not able to bear fruit. Do you want your life and your marriage, your family, the lives of your kids to bear fruit? You need to be spiritually rooted. Yeah. It's important. Um, another way that you can partner and protect your marriage is to encourage each other. Mm-hmm. Um, we can use scripture to encourage each other. Obviously, you want to pray with your spouse. You can pray for them when they're not around. Pray for them behind their back. Um, there's a book called The Five Love Languages by Dr. Gary Chapman. You may have heard of it. And it's a really great way to uh, encourage your spouse. If you learn their love language and then use it to encourage them. So the five love languages are physical touch, quality time, acts of service, words of affirmation, and gifts. I actually think he, f- he left two out. I think they should update that book because I think food is a love language. How amen. many people would say amen to that? Hallelujah. And I think my love language is sarcasm, so I think they should put that in there. I really <laughs> feel like that would really benefit me. Um, but yeah, you can learn your kids' love language. You can learn your uh, employees' love language and love them when they're love language. It means so much more to them. Yeah, it really does. You know, that was something that we didn't really think about until a couple of years ago, but we tried to figure out with our kids, what was their love language? Because the reality is people give and receive love differently. Mm-hmm. You know, Sarah, words of affirmation, while it is my love language, it is her lowest and worst love language. And, um, and if she's doing things for me and serving me or, or spending quality time with me, but not saying nice things to me, I don't feel loved. And likewise, if I say nice things to her, they don't mean anything to her. Um, <laughs> I know it's, you're it's laughing, true. it's true, but that's the reality that we've been through in 16 years is trying to get this figured out, but it works with your kids too. Our girls are totally different and they give and receive love totally differently, differently than us and differently from each other. And you need to know how they receive love so you can really love them and meet that need. Yeah. Yeah. And on the topic of, of parenting and family, you know, we want to take a moment here to talk about if, if you're going to partner and protect your family, you need to clarify your values as a family. You need to make sure that not just you, but your kids know and understand what the values are of your family. Our family, we have a family mission statement. And that mission statement, we know it and our girls know it. It's that we, in our family, we honor God with words that are true and kind and actions that are obedient and helpful. And this drives every decision that we make. It drives how we discipline our kids. 
you know, you could just say, don't do this and then punish them when they do it. But the reality is all you're doing is teaching them just to do what you say because of what you say. But we want our kids to understand the importance of obedience because obedience is a biblical principle. And so we will say, hey, you said this and that wasn't true or that wasn't kind. And here are the consequences. Or you did this action and that wasn't obedient. And so here are the consequences. Because the reality is, parents, if your kids don't obey you, they're not going to obey God. You've got to teach them what it looks like to be obedient. It's a biblical principle. Similarly, if you're not obedient to God, they're not going to obey God because your kids are watching you and you're setting that precedent and that example for your kids. And so it's important to make sure that your family understands what you value. And for us, you know, we feel like for us, for our girls, we want them to partner with us. We want to partner together as a family in sharing these values. So one thing we did with that recently was during this time of prayer and fasting last month. So our kids prayed and fasted with us for 21 days. Now you might say, that's crazy. Not really, because we're modeling for them biblical precedents. We're modeling these biblical expectations because when they get older, we want them to know what it looks like to be obedient to God. Now, our girls, Lana loves peanut butter. Yeah, they didn't fast a meal, if you're wondering. Like, we yeah. didn't make them, like, not eat food that's probably you don't not healthy for kids. But they fasted a specific thing. So Lana is, she's made of peanut butter, I'm pretty sure, at this point. She if you've never so opened, like, peanut butter. a fresh jar of Jif, it's a spiritual experience. <laughs> We fight over who gets to open the new jar. That's happened before. <laughs> um, but she loves peanut butter. And, of course, Audrey loves apple juice. Mm-hmm. Um, but those girls, they gave up peanut butter and apple juice for 21 days. And they came to church with us on Wednesday nights for prayer nights. They brought their Bibles. They brought their journals. They prayed We prayed together as a family. We sought the Lord together because we want them to not just, here's what we do, but understand, here's why we obey God. And for you parents, if you want to teach your kids how to obey God, it's got to start in the home. That's where it begins. And honestly, as your pastors, I can tell you, we can't fix your kids. It's never going to happen. And if you're relying on us to teach your kids how to obey God, it's never going to happen they are going to model what they see you doing in the home. So set those expectations as a family. Set those boundaries. Another way that you can set expectations and boundaries is by regularly attending church. If you're not regularly attending church, you're setting the expectation for your kid that church just isn't that important. If you're not regularly reading the Bible or praying, you're telling your kids this is not a priority. What kind of adult do you want your kids to be? you got to model that, set those boundaries and expectations now. And another way is we honor the Sabbath in our home and in our family. You know, this is one of the Ten Commandments in Exodus 20. And it's, you know, there's a lot of these commandments, they're short. You know, don't do this, don't do this, like don't murder, don't steal, etc. cetera. Uh, but there's a whole paragraph about what it looks like to take this, to remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. And we guard our Sabbath in our family. Our Sabbath for us is Mondays because that's our day off. And we're going to talk a little bit about what that looks like because we don't just sit and veg and watch TV all day. I mean, we could, but we don't. But that is another way that we partner and protect our family spiritually is by honoring the Sabbath. Yeah, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. Um, so that was all spiritual partnering and protecting. Now we're going to talk about how to partner and protect emotionally. 
Yeah, and so I've had people ask me before, what's like, you know, one of your favorite books? And I always come to this book because aside from the Bible, this book has had the single greatest impact on my life. And that book is Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. It's by Pete Scazzaro. And if you've never read this book, I'd highly encourage you to do so. I've read this book, I think, five times now. Every time I read this book, it changes my life. And I say that because the premise of the book is if you can't be, you can't be spiritually healthy if you're not emotionally healthy, and you can't be emotionally healthy if you're not spiritually healthy. They're, they're intertwined. And there's so many biblical truths in this book. And the reality is, we know John 8 tells us the truth will make you free. And if you don't know these truths, I really hi- highly encourage you to pick up this book um, and make an investment into your emotional health as a person, as a couple, and as a family. Yeah. Um, I think it's important to make your marriage and your home emotionally safe. And there's a lot of good ways in that book um, to do that. Um, It's all about, you know, communication, expectations, things like that. Um, When someone comes to you and wants to communicate a thought or a feeling to you, the first thing you should say and the best thing you can say is thank you for telling me because they need to know that they're safe to come to you and and say something. Um, Obviously, assuming things, attacking them, ignoring the issue is not going to be helpful it's good to validate the thoughts and the feelings and then um, talk about that. So I think sometimes we think that there has to be some you know, big revelation or some solution that they need, they need you to solve their problem for them, but it's not always true. Sometimes people just need to go through the tunnel of whatever it is that they're thinking and feeling. Um, our youngest daughter, her best friend and neighbor moved away last summer, and she was really sad, obviously. And so she would just randomly burst into tears and, you know, say that she was sad about that. And the rational adult in me wanted to say things like, you can FaceTime her. That's fine. And people move away. That's just a part of life. You have so many other friends. Like, come on, you know, buck up. But she didn't need to hear any of that. And that wasn't helpful. She just needed someone to sit with her while she went through the tunnel. It didn't take long. It was probably five minutes. I would just sit with her and I know, I'm sorry, this really sucks. And I know you're sad. And then, you know, she was through it and and moved on. And I think it's good to, to set that precedent that it's safe to say what you're thinking and feeling, to cry, to be sad. Um, your home is a safe place to do that. Yeah, I mean, I feel like your, your kids are going to look for emotional support and a, an emotional safety net somewhere. Wouldn't you rather that be in your own home? Because if they're not feeling safe at home, they're going to go find it somewhere else. And you want to maintain that safety, that emotional safety in your home and family so your kids feel like they can come talk to you about anything. Yeah. Emotional health is an investment. It takes time. Um, Connecting, sharing, those things take time. Some ideas that we thought of are, you know, cook a meal together as a couple or find a hobby that you both like to do together. Um, Even just go for a walk. Um, You know, sharing things. Be clear about listening versus helping. I think men tend to want to solve the problem and women are like, no, I'm just telling you how I feel. That's it. I just want to get it all out there and then I'm good. Um, So, you know, just make time for that. You know, on the uh, topic of expectations, when Mm -hmm. it comes to listening versus helping, there are times when Sarah is sharing something with me and I will ask her, do I need to just listen? Are you looking for some input on how to fix this? And I'm telling you, men, that is a great practice to get into because it'll save a lot of time and frustration. Yep, absolutely. Yep. Set that expectation. That's good. So for us, in regards to emotional health, one of the most pivotal things that we do to maintain emotional health in our marriage and our family is how we honor the Sabbath. And so every Monday, um, we do what's called a community temperature reading. Pastor John and Kristen have 
talked about this uh, multiple times. They've actually done it some here. We, if we have time, we may even get into this. I know there's a, there's a picture they can put on the screen. Um, but this is where we check in with each other every single Monday. Sometimes it takes 30 minutes. Sometimes it takes a couple hours. And the reality is, if you haven't had a lot of time, because life is busy, to really connect with your spouse in the last however many days, or maybe it's been a week, you need to prioritize that. Because emotional health is an investment, and it takes time. And so for us, we spend time together on Mondays, checking in with each other, and we talk about expectations in regards to these areas. Because we want to make sure that we're being intentional about how we monitor and maintain emotional health in our home and in our family. And then we have this expectation now. Every Monday, this is a priority. And we've told our girls, when we're having this conversation on Mondays, we go in our living room and we shut the door. We have these sliding doors. And we say, leave us alone. Because this is important. We want to have each other's undivided attention. And so that's how we do that. Because the reality is, if you aren't prioritizing this, what's really happening is you're just giving your spouse, your spouse the leftovers. You're just giving your kids the leftovers. You're giving God the leftovers. But they need your absolute best. And in order to do that, you need to maintain and prioritize emotional health. Yeah, they deserve that. Um, Craig Rochelle has a great quote. If the grass is greener on the other side of the fence, water your own grass. <laughs> so if you're looking for things to be better, put in the time. It takes time. And things will get better. Yeah, it really does. And another way that you can partner and protect your marriage and family emotionally is through counseling. I know that for a lot of people, especially men, uh, we don't like to admit that we need help. We want to do everything ourselves. But the reality is if you could have done it yourself, you probably would have done it and you probably wouldn't be having the problems you're having. We've been married 16 years and in that 16 years, I've spent about three years myself and then sometimes, um, many times, with us together as a couple, and Sarah's done counseling on her own as well. Um, but about cumulatively, about three years of our 16 years of marriage, we spent in counseling. I'm not ashamed to say that. Because I carried some baggage from my childhood into my marriage that needed to be dealt with. Sarah carried baggage from her childhood into our marriage that needed to be dealt with. And then that compounded on it and created baggage of its own. The reality is we all need help sometimes. And sometimes you need a professional to help you navigate your mind, navigate your emotions, navigate circumstances. You need somebody that's objective, not a friend that will sit there and maybe, you know, I think this or I think that, but someone that's a professional that says, here's how you can get through this in the healthiest way. Because really, you want to be the best version of yourself, right? And you want your marriage to be the best version of itself, right? Yeah. So don't be too proud to ask for help and get counseling. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and the third way that you can partner and protect your marriage is physically. Obviously, we're going to be talking about sex <laughs> in this uh, area. So, Amen. yeah, if you're married, you should be having sex. I'm just going to put that out there. I hope that you all know that. Um, Jimmy Evans says, defer to the greatest need. You know, it comes again back to expectations. Whoever has the greatest need, you give 100, 100, and you meet that need, just like they're going to meet your needs 100%. Right. Um, that's the goal, is to get to that point. So, some, some people don't need it as often. Of course, the stereotype is that men you know, want it all the time and women always have a headache. So you have to work together, communicate about this, and you know, make it a priority. Um, also, I think it's important to talk about protecting sex and your marriage from outside influence, like pornography, vulgarity, comparison. Mm. That stuff has no place right. in your you know, physical intimacy. It's just about you. It's about you guys together, face-to-face. -to -face. Um, so don't let those outside things 
uh, come in and, you know, it can be toxic. So Absolutely. definitely not good. Um, but then there's non-sexual intimacy. Spending time together, snuggling, you know, hanging out, cuddling, that will lead to more intimate communication, which is a good thing. Um, I think a good goal is to try to get to a place where you and your spouse can talk about anything. And that's, that's hard. That's scary. That's, not, that's no small thing. But I think um, if you have a thought, oh, I, I, can't, I can't talk about that. We don't talk about that. Or I can't ask them that. Try it, you know. Try to make, try to make your marriage uh, emotionally safe and get to a place where you can literally talk about anything. And um, you'll see growth in those areas. Um, some other ways that you can partner and protect physically are with um, social aspects. You know, there's social media now everywhere. And I think the golden rule is a really good um, way to think about those things. Don't post anything that you wouldn't want your spouse to post about you, okay? Don't bash them on social media. Don't go to your Facebook page for backup when you have a domestic mm. dispute, okay? Keep those things between the two of you. Talk about it. Work it out. Yeah. Because um, you can always delete a post, but you can't delete the damage that's done from that. Mm. And that can really be hurtful. So wow, think about that good. stuff before you put it out there. Um, and also the social aspect. You know, we talk to our teenagers a lot about friends and their influence. And are you being a good influence? Are they a good influence on you? You really need to think about this. Same is true for adults. You know, we all have friends that sometimes are a bad influence. Or maybe you're the bad influence. Think about what you're saying when you're around these people. You know, are they encouraging you in your marriage and in your family? Or are they trash-talking their spouse, too? And then you get involved, and women do this so often. It's not good that we sit around and kind of bash our husbands. And if you can't get away from that, find new friends. Yeah. Find a new group. Um, and find people who will support and encourage your marriage because it just breeds that positivity. Yeah, that's so good. You know, and if you feel like you're having a hard time making friends, good friends, you know, join a small group here in the church. You know, make relationships here. These are people that are walking through life with you and that they share similar values to you because they're here. And that doesn't mean you don't need to have Christian friends or non-Christian friends, but it means that there are people that give life and there are people that rob you of life. And you need people that are going to be life-giving in, in your marriage. And you need those outside influences to be life-giving. So that's so good. Another way that you can uh, partner and protect uh, your marriage and family in this way is by how you set boundaries regarding your calendar. Um, you need to prioritize a date night if you don't do that. Um, that's something that we didn't do early on in marriage because life is busy and life happens and we didn't date each other. And you need to continue dating even after you're married. You know, husbands, I know I'm guilty of this. Uh, sometimes like we work so hard to like win her over, yes. We tie the knot, yes. And then it's like we just give up and we stop trying to romance our wives. And that's just not good. That's not what it means to give 100% of ourselves. That's being lazy. Let's just be what it is. We need to still work creatively to be romantic and ro romance our spouse. Um, but that doesn't mean you have to spend money. I think I was under the assumption that, you know, we, if we were going to date, we needed to go out. And that didn't always happen. I can't do it. I can't get it. Oh, out. sorry. You want me to hold no. this? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so we came up with this. We have a date night jar. Just so you know, we made this years ago when we had no money. So all of these things are things you can do basically for free. So I just want to give you some ideas. Um, ooh, reenact your first date. 
Or you can just pretend you're on a first date and just, you know, make it fun. Um, bake something together. That's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Oh, the millionaire shopping spree. Like, what would you do if you won the lottery? Yes. That's a fun thing to talk about. Um, I pulled this on about Skype friends. Remember Skype? That's how long ago we made the date night jar. <laughs> now it'd be like a Zoom call. But, you know, find something to do that's different. Don't just sit around and watch TV and, you know, make it boring. Make it fun. Yeah, we found that if we just watch TV or a movie, there's no connection there. And so when we do our date night, for us, our date night is Wednesday nights. So that is our date night. We don't do uh, entertainment because we don't want to just sit there and unplug and disconnect from everything, including each other. We feel like in order for us to really have health, we need to have that connection. And that requires FaceTime. That requires communication and a conversation. Um, Another way uh, in regards to your calendars is to uh, set boundaries for the events that you guys are doing in life, weekend events, activities, and, and extracurricular things that your kids are involved in. I've had uh, people here at this church, friends, people on my team in ministry that have told me that they've missed church because of a sporting event. I'm not trying to make anybody feel guilty here, but I'm just going to be real honest with you guys. When you prioritize sports or something else over church, you're telling your kids that that is how they should live the rest of their life, is that church comes next. Church needs to be first. God needs to be first. The Bible says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness in Matthew six thirty three. And parents, if you're prioritizing your kids' sports, you're doing it wrong, and you're doing your kids a disservice because that's how they're going to grow up and raise their kids. And I just feel like I have to ask you, is that how you want your grandkids to live their life? Is that God comes second? Your kids deserve better than that. And you need to set the expectation, the boundaries that no, church is first. God is first. And sports are a good thing. I don't want to attack sports or other extracurricular activities, but the reality is your kid's athletic ability is not what's going to be that's going to bring them closer to Jesus. It's just not. We've got to prioritize God in our lives and in our families. And if that means you need to make adjustments, then make adjustments. Because that's what our families deserve. That's what health and partnership and protecting and guarding that looks like. And so I feel like while that can be difficult to hear, uh, maybe you need to have a conversation with your spouse about what expectations you can set and what boundaries you can put in place to make sure that God is a priority in your family. And then the last way we want to touch base on here is financially. Um, you know, making a budget, discussing those things um, regarding your finances. Are you tithing? Is tithing a priority in your family? Parents, your kids need to see you tithe. They need to know you tithe and they need to tithe themselves. Our girls tithe. And that's not just so we can boast about our kids, but we are teaching them a biblical principle that is going to model what it is to be obedient to God. I want my girls to be God-honoring, God-fearing women. And I have to do now, I have to put the effort and the investment in now so that that's what they grow up to be. And if you're not tithing, you're doing your kids a disservice. And so I would really encourage you to consider what that would look like for you guys and how you could talk about that and read scripture. You know, Micah, uh, Malachi, I mean, has some incredible promises about God's uh, blessing in regards to giving. And you can't outgive God anyway. Um, and I don't want to talk too much about that because I tend to be long-winded. I'm going to move on. But everything we've talked about today, 
It comes down to expectations. Because every fight, every disagreement, every frustration, every disappointment you have in life is due to an unmet or an uncommunicated expectation. Every single one. So if you're fighting about money, it's probably because you didn't meet or clarify an expectation. If you're fighting about sex, if you're fighting about your kids, if you're fighting about how busy you are, it's because you didn't meet or clarify the expectation. And we're not saying all this just so you can sit here. And if, you, and if you've heard everything we've talked about today and you're feeling, wow, I'm not really doing a lot of things right, that's okay. Because we spent years not doing a lot of things right. And it almost cost us our marriage on more than one occasion. But I want you to know today that there is hope. There's hope in Jesus. And no marriage is beyond saving. I hate the term irreconcilable differences. Because the implication is that your marriage is beyond being reconciled. But Jesus came to reconcile people to himself and to God. And he says that there is nothing beyond saving. Your marriage, your family, it's not beyond saving. If you're not doing it right, start doing it right now. Honor God with your marriage and your family. Partner with your spouse to protect your marriage and your family so it can be as healthy as possible. Amen. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So... I did it again. I talked too much. No, you're good. Um, do you want to do a practice community temperature reading? Yeah, we can do this quick. Just okay. a couple things? Okay. Okay. Do they have so, the picture? Yeah, you can put the picture up there. So we always start at the bottom. Start with appreciations and excitements. Okay. Right, do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? I'll go first. Okay. Um, well, I, I'm excited um, to talk about some of the things we learned at XO together because I took a lot of notes and I didn't want to dive into it yesterday because we were kind of both overwhelmed, but there's some really good things that I want to talk about. So I'm excited to kind of unpack all that stuff. Okay. Yeah. That'd be good. Is there anything you appreciate? Um, yes. I appreciate, uh, yesterday you, something came up and I know we were both really tired and just mentally kind of, um, exhausted, but something came up that I was like, I need to talk about this now as I'm going to lose sleep over it. And you were like, okay, we will talk about this now. So I appreciate you sacrificing that because I know it was not what you wanted to do in the moment. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. That's Okay. Um, yeah, you're welcome. Okay. Um, I appreciate you've made a lot of effort into saying nice things to me lately. And you said a couple things recently that really, you know, it filled my emotional tank and I've been thinking about them a lot. I know that's a challenge for you. So I really appreciate yes, that. I'm not good at that. So thank you. <laughs> um, I'm excited about, um, taking some time off next week. Oh yeah. I'm really looking forward to that. And I'm also excited Ryan Thomas and I just wrote a new song on Friday. Kind of happened. I'm really excited about that. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Awesome. Very cool. Okay. Um, I I have something for complaints and possible solutions. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if you're ready to jump into that one. Sure. Um, so we just got a new water system at our house with like the big jugs of water, and you've been changing them because I they're really heavy. So I've just been letting you do it. Okay. But then this morning I got up and there was no water for the coffee. So I just wanted to know what the expectation was. Do you want me to also change them if it's out? Or are you, are you going to handle that? Okay, well, hey, I, I appreciate you telling me. Okay. Um, I did see that it was empty last night. I was being lazy. I'm sorry. Uh, um, it's okay. No, but you're, they are heavy. I, I will change those. Okay. So I think that is a very fair expectation, and I can definitely do that. So if I see that the light is blinking, I will change it so you do, Everybody has water, especially for coffee. God bless America. It's very important. Thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, I actually also have a complaint. Um, <laughs> of course you do. So 
I mean, you know, we're talking about all this in front of all these people. Um, and, you know, our family night is Fridays. I don't know. I think I forgot to mention that earlier. We do date night Wednesdays and family night on Fridays. Mm-hmm. But this week, you know, you've got your mentorship Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And then we have our date night Wednesday. Thursday, I'm here um, for rehearsal. And then Friday, we've got something that we scheduled. Mm-hmm. And then Saturday, something was scheduled. Yep. And now next week starts. And I feel like, you know, we, we need to figure out a time for family time because oh, we yeah. like playing games and connecting as a family and so um yeah i think we need to have a discussion about that because okay. we're not really meeting that expectation we're gonna have to do it a different time probably okay like block something out okay okay we yeah we'll have to maybe we can do better with that in the future okay that sounds good thank you for telling me you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is it hot in here <laughs> um <laughs> Um, I've been fine. I am sweating right now. Um, That's good. Is there I anything mean, else? Um, oh, I mean, do you have any hopes or wishes or new information? I actually have new information. Oh, you do? Yeah. So I know that you've got your thing that you do on the last Tuesday of every month. Mm-hmm. And then I had to move our worship leader meeting to that night. Oh, yeah. Because of men's conference coming up and we need to practice the following week. So anyways... I just, we're going to need to figure that out because I know that that's sacred to you. Oh, yeah. And so I just want to make sure that, you know, you're aware of that and then we can work to, um, I didn't really get a chance to talk to you about that, but I kind of needed to and so I'm sorry. That's okay. Yeah, I don't think I realized that, so. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll I'll help you out. I know that's important. Okay. I want to make that a priority. Thank you. You're welcome. Do you have any hopes or wishes? Um, well, yeah, you said the one before that I thought was really good. I, I really hope that the weather can improve because I really enjoyed our walks together. We were doing that really regularly, yeah. and it's been too cold now, but I want to do that again soon. I hope the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the last time I wished for something, it was for the Packers to make it to the Super Bowl, and that didn't oh, work. So. That was painful. Too soon? <laughs> All right, let's move on. <laughs> well, um, yes, this is a little snapshot, I guess, of what we do. Um, we didn't really talk about this beforehand, this community temperature reading. So that was... Yeah, those are fresh. That was fresh. Uh, fresh out of the oven. But these are, this is, but hey, you know what? This could have been a fight. You know, if you don't communicate these things, you can turn it into a fight. Or if I'm defensive, like, what do you mean I didn't do this? I mean, uh, healthy communication. These are some practical things you can put into place to have a healthier home life. Mm-hmm. So we hope you learned something from that today. Um, do you want to pray? Sure. Okay. Okay. God, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for these um, bits uh, bits of wisdom that you have um, given us through your word. And I just pray that um, everyone here and everyone in the sound of our voice would just take something away from this that they can help to improve their marriage and their family and their relationships. Um, God, that you would just give us the strength and the motivation to prioritize the right things, um, to make changes where they're needed, and just help us to be obedient to everything that you've called us to. Um, We thank you, God, for always being with us, never leaving us, never forsaking us, and just bless us as we go out for the rest of the day. Amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed today's message. If you'd like to get in touch or would like more resources on how to live a successful Christian life, you can always find us at myabundantlife.com. Have a blessed week.